Happy freaking Thursday, guys. At least if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it's Thursday your time. And it's my favorite day of the week because I get to chat with you. If you're new to the podcast, this is Seems Like Diet Culture and I am Mallory Page. I'm a registered dietitian and I created this podcast because there is way too freaking much noise out there around wellness, nutrition, exercise, all of the things. And I wanted to have a space, a one-stop shop, you may call it, to answer the questions that you have about all of the trends and all of the information that you see out there. So every single week, we dive into a new topic and you get those questions answered so that you can decide for yourself how you want to view something. And there's never a right or a wrong. This is my educated opinion, but hopefully it helps you to really discern what your idea of living the best life really looks like. I do want to say, I realized from a DM that I received from you guys, I have never really explained my rating system that I do at the end of the podcast. So you may not know if you're new, but essentially at the end of every single show, I give a rating to the topic that we were talking about. So it's on a scale of one to 10. And I never explained that 10 is the most diet culture and one is the least diet culture Or if there ever was a zero, which I don't know if that's really possible when we're talking about nutrition and wellness, it would be no diet culture at all. And 10 is 1000% diet culture. So hopefully that helps you as we go through this now to be informed moving forward. And I'm sorry that I missed those things. Sometimes I feel like everybody just understands automatically what I'm thinking, but then I realize that people can't read your mind. So probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Today's topic is something that came to me actually during our most recent Live Unrestricted call. So if you're not aware of Live Unrestricted, that is my group coaching program where I help people heal their relationship with food, exercise, and body image. And this week we were talking about body image specifically and something that we got into was this idea of body recomposition, especially in relationship to the strong, not skinny movement. And if I say those two words and there's not bells ringing in your head yet, that is more than okay. Most of the girls in Live Unrestricted felt the exact same way. But once we go into what this means and what it looks like, you will be shocked how many bells start to ring in your head about how this really permeates the content that we see and even the image that we feel like women should have, not only in general, but also in recovery spaces. So I want to start off by defining it like we always do. If you've been to this podcast before, if you've listened, you know how it goes. Because how are we going to talk about something if we don't even freaking know what it is? So body recomposition has been really popular lately. You've seen a lot of it on social media. But it's actually something that's been around for a really long time. It's this whole idea that we want to change the composition of your body to have more muscle and less fat. But overall, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to lose weight, gain weight, or maintain weight. It just means that we're trying to literally change the composition. This really ties into the whole strong, not skinny idea because for a really long time, society focused a lot on women being skinny and being small and taking up less space. And then there's been kind of a shift where there's been more of a focus than ever before on being strong and how that's better 
than being skinny. When I explain this, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. I'm just giving you that explanation of what it is. But I think you can already imagine how there's a conversation in this about whether or not it's diet culture. But the first things that I want to get into are what does body recomposition typically consist of? Now, I will say that this is not consistent. And so there's no exact definition of what you're supposed to do to have body recomp because every single person goes at it in a different way. The overarching themes that we see are some of the things that I'm going to read right now. So it tells people that you don't need to lose weight. You may even maintain or gain weight, but you have to have that change in body composition. Typically, it aims to stay away from BMI as a form of measurement, and it looks a lot more at body fat percentages, which can be done on an end body, can be done with a caliper where they're measuring it. It could be done in so many different ways. There's a ton of different forms. And it's a big focus on a toned and strong body. Now, if you guys want to just have an idea of what comes up when you Google this, which we all know we shouldn't trust Google, and I'm not saying that it's as simple as this, but I think you guys would want to hear a few of the things that they list. So the very first Google search that comes up is from Spartan.com. And this is what Spartan lists as the ways that you develop body recomposition. Number one is calculate your weekly target calorie balance. So they give you a whole example on how to do that. Talk about muscle growth, fat loss, how to put that together. The next thing is lift weights three to six days a week. They say, third thing is don't let cardio kill your gains. Fourth is calorie cycle around your weight workouts. Five is keep stress low and sleep eight to nine hours a night. I do like that one. We'd love when they focus on sleep and stress. And that's it. Sorry, I thought there was another one. Now there's another one that comes up. The next one, of course, is Healthline. Does anybody else feel like Healthline literally monopolizes Google somehow? I just don't even understand how they show up first in every single scientific thing that you look up. It's it's them that comes up. So they first go through and explain a little bit about what body recomposition is and all of that stuff. But the things that they suggest is it's a lifestyle, not a diet. So there's or the things that they say is it's a lifestyle, not a diet. So there's no set protocol. But you need to cut calories, increase cardio to extend more energy, trim fat, and gain muscle mass. And then some of their other key points that could be helpful are cutting out processed foods, reducing carbohydrates, increasing fiber to intake, and trying out interval training. (laughs) That's kind of a funny one. I'm not going to keep going through these, but the next one that comes up is eight weeks to body recomposition, how to lose fat and gain muscle, the basics of body recomposition. Guess who that's from? My fitness pal. So you can get the gist of the people that are typically talking about body recomp, right? So there is a little bit of a difference between body recomp and strong, not skinny, because as I was explaining earlier, strong, not skinny is really just a phase or a phrase, I mean, that we utilize. 
and it's actually almost always used by women in the fitness world. Now, I have seen men use it, but when I searched this up on my Instagram, which by the way, it has 9.8 million hashtags, it is almost entirely women. And I do think that most women, when they're sharing this, are not sharing it in a negative way. They're not necessarily meaning it to come off as damaging. But another place that you actually see this a lot is in the recovery space. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit more later on, but just keep that in mind as we think about this topic and the way that it gets applied to things. So when it comes to body recomposition, there's something important here that we need to talk about because the reason why people want to achieve body recomposition is, of course, because of a look, right? They want to look more toned. They want to look more strong. But it's also because of what they believe it can do to your metabolism a lot of the time. So let's talk a little bit about metabolism. So in simplistic terms, metabolism refers to the metabolic processes that take place as your body converts food and what you drink into energy, right? This is our resting energy expenditure combined with our physical activity in a day and our thermic effect of food and all of these other things that come together to say, how much do we burn in a day and how efficiently do we do it? And something that we've been able to observe through many scientific studies about the body is that muscle is more metabolically active than fat is. So many people that speak about body recomposition really focus on it for this reason. They say that if you're able to increase the amount of muscle that you have on your body and decrease the amount of fat, that you'll become more metabolically active and therefore you will burn more calories in a day. Everything that I just shared in terms of metabolism is true, and it could be considered one of the pros to body recomposition. We know that there are benefits to having muscle, and we know that there can be benefits to exercise that makes us feel strong. The other benefits that come from body recomposition is it doesn't focus on BMI, we know that BMI is a really messed up way to look at people's bodies because it fixates on weight and it's using numbers that don't really make any sense. It's not calculating the difference between muscle and fat. And also, it's just a very old system created by this man that was never really meant to be used as this whole systemic way to decide how healthy someone was. So at least in this, they're focusing on other elements of the body instead of looking at BMI. The other con, or the other pro, I don't know why I went to con, is that it doesn't necessarily involve weight loss. So a lot of people really like this idea because if they've been fixated on the scale for so many years, it can really give them some freedom in reminding themselves that they don't actually have to change the number on the scale anymore and they can be free of that. Plus there are some plans that actually don't involve cutting calories and this will take us into the recovery conversation even more but there are many women that I actually see online that talk about this that are having 
people increase their calories, especially women because so many women are eating so little and so they end up having them increase their calories in order to help them with this whole body recomposition process. So there are pros to this, but now I also want to get into the cons. And I think the same pro that we were just talking about has a direct con that's important to mention, especially in relationship to everything I just discussed about metabolism. So if you listen to the last episode about intermittent fasting, we talked a little bit about metabolism, really got into what that looks like for our body and also what happens when we don't have enough food or when we're over-exercising and how that affects our metabolism. So when we're trying to achieve this body recomposition, that's what a lot of people are focusing on. But they don't always recognize that the tactics that they may be using in order to get to this point of body recomposition can be taken way too far. So there are so many times that I have seen people really intensely restricting their calories, even if they're directed not to, or over-exercising. And doing those two things has led them to be at a point of energy balance that is way too low. And so their body ends up having to alter its metabolic rate and reduce its resting energy expenditure in order to survive. And so it turns off all of these functions that we need, like our thyroid function, our hormone function, and even just the way in which we're able to maintain temperature or menses for women because we're literally not getting in enough fuel. And with exercise, it's really common that people can become obsessed with it And so they start working out every day, whether that be for the physical reason of wanting to achieve these goals that they have, or it be for an emotional reason that they're just relying so much on exercise as a coping mechanism and for their mental health that they're not even allowing their muscles the time to recover that they really need. And this defeats the whole purpose because when we exercise, we're slowly breaking down our muscles, right? The purpose is to create little muscle tears. That's exactly what happens. And we need that time to recover because as they grow, right, or as they come in to heal and repair, they grow. And that is what leads to muscle growth. But you can imagine that if you don't have enough time in between this to fully recover that muscle, those little micro tears just stay there and you're never able to fully recover and therefore never able to have this muscle muscle growth. So I do think you have to be incredibly cognizant of if you are crossing into that realm of unhealthy amounts of restriction and exercise for your body. The other con is you're still measuring in some way. So yes, we're not using BMI, But now we're focusing on body composition in the sense of body fat percentages and where it's at on your body and all of these things. So even if we're not focusing on BMI, is it really healthier to be focusing on it in another way and also in a way that's even more in depth too, which can cause a lot of stress. And just to give a quick story about this, I used to do body composition tests on athletes I've said this before, but I used to work extensively in sports before I transitioned into this career. And I cannot tell you how many women I would do these on that would become so upset when we went to a certain area in their body and it was higher because what it looks like is it's like a little ultrasound or at least a tool that we use. Every tool is different. So you could do a bod pod where it's like really high tech or it could be the skin calipers, which 
you know, have the highest rate for human error. Or you could do one of these kind of like in-betweens, which is like this little ultrasound. And so you go to different spots, like you go to the middle of the arm, you go to this area for women, like right near their belly button, then you also do on the thigh. And so typically for women, they would come back super lean in the thigh. These are professional athletes, Olympic athletes, like very high level, so fit, so athletic and just stunning, right? And then we would go to their arm and it would be low and we would go to their stomach and it wouldn't be as low as they wanted and they would feel so upset and get so down on themselves. And it would just be devastating to me to see this because whether they're a man or a woman or however high the number is, to see that reaction and how down they would get on themselves was just so upsetting because we need body fat on our body. And I do believe that body recomposition or body composition kind of examinations or tests can almost make it seem as if the lower the number, the better, even when that's not true. The other thing is a lifestyle modification is going to be needed most of the time to achieve this quote unquote look that people are typically going for or to achieve the strong, not skinny. So it's not just something that is really intuitive. It's oftentimes something that does need a change. But the last problem is that body recomposition is still focusing on aesthetics. So yes, we're no longer focusing on being skinny, but we're still focusing on now being strong. And the problem with this is that when we're focusing on being strong, being strong still has a look and there's still an expectation. And what I think is really unfair about this is that there can be people out there that are considered to be strong just because that's how they look. Just like there are people that are skinny just because that's how they look. And there shouldn't be a better skinny look or a better strong look or a better any look because any body is amazing and we don't need to focus on something different. We should be able to just exist. At least that's my opinion. And so I wanted to now go into just some of the thoughts that you guys had about this before we dive a little bit more into the whole recovery aspect of this that I wanted to talk to you guys about. You guys had a lot of really good thoughts on this and also experiences, so I just wanted to read some of these out. And remember, again, these are just people's experiences and their personal thoughts. So Ruthie said, I tried this. It ended up fueling my compulsive need for control in a different way, and it was super toxic and debilitating and stressful, and it's easier to hide because others think it's healthy. Laura said, I like the idea of strong, not skinny, and the way of working out, not just to be skinny. Meg said, it can lead to over-exercising or exercise addiction slash compulsion. Laura said, like weight gain is only okay if recovery, in recovery, if it's muscle. Laura said, which this was a Laura from earlier in another response, I don't think it's a way to heal an ED. It's just a way to reframe thoughts. Someone else said, it's something I'd love to do, but I don't have the money to spend time. I don't have the money to spend on coaches or the gym. 
Jackie said, if done correctly, I think the strong, not skinny approach is great, but it has to be realistic and done by people who aren't shoving their perfect bodies in your face. Grace said, strength training and weightlifting was a huge part of my healing process. It was hard to accept that I wasn't necessarily doing it to be skinny, but it made me feel so strong and that it was able to divert my attention too. It showed up strong. I showed up strong mentally and physically. Kira said, and I love what she said, and I'm going to, I want to read through every single one of these, but we don't have the time. But Kira said, bottom line, if you're not working with a licensed professional for an ED, you are just masking the symptoms and not really dealing with them. It's the right idea, but it doesn't really end up working. Boom. Oh, wait, last one, last one, last one. Erica says, I used that as another way to manipulate my body in quasi-recovery, and I was miserable. This is super important to talk about in the sense of recovery, because if you're someone that's just wanting to learn about all of the body recomp and everything, then I think you can get a good idea from what we just shared and what to be aware of. But when you, if you're someone that is struggling with your relationship with food or with exercise, listening to this podcast, you need to listen to this part. And even if you're someone that's not struggling, but you've watched a friend go through this or you want to be more informed or especially a healthcare practitioner, this is so important to hear because this crap can be masked so freaking easily, guys. This was something that I was doing. Even coming out of orthorexia, I was still trying to convince myself that the way that I was doing this was healthy when it really wasn't. So I'm getting ahead of myself. What does this look like in recovery? There are so many accounts out there nowadays that market this whole idea of hack your hormones and fix your metabolism while achieving food freedom. And essentially what they do is they increase calories that someone is eating. So they say that they can achieve food freedom and eat enough by fueling themselves. But they also have them start exercising most of the time weightlifting and say that by changing their body composition and having another focus, it leads to healing their ED. I will definitely turn some people off with what I'm about to say. And also, I would have personally turned myself off of this podcast episode, like my past self, with what I'm about to say. But sometimes we need a little bit of tough love, and that's why you guys are here. This is going to just be another transfer of control and distraction in your recovery, and it is not true recovery. Unless, as Kira said, you are working with a professional that is specifically guiding you through how to do this and you have a very specific plan, that is completely up to them and I am never speaking over a treatment team. But guys, this is not how it works. This is like saying, oh, I recovered from alcohol addiction by just going to a different drug. And I know it, the extremity feels different. And of course, I'm never trying to minimize anybody's recovery if they have found weightlifting to be something that has helped them. But I'm just telling you that we have to be able to remove all of these different elements that contribute to struggles with food in order to truly find our healing. 
because when we're still using exercise and we're still focusing on another way that we need our body to look, it's not freedom. Just going from wanting to be skinny to going to wanting to be strong is still telling yourself that you need to look a certain way. And it's still basing our worth off of a certain type of body. And it's still contributing to diet culture and societal standards because now all of a sudden it's just okay if we're all strong and that's the reason why we don't need to be skinny. How about it's just okay that our body is alive and it is what it is and it does not matter if it's strong or if it's skinny. It just matters that you are happy and that you feel good and that you are functionally optimally in your life. And I can tell you right now, That when you struggle, just transferring all of these thoughts into something else, it's not going to lead to the long-term result that you want. Because we have to think about life. At first, you go from isolating yourself because you're fixated on, you know, sitting at home and eating your meal that is approved by you or skipping a meal and so you can't go out with friends. But now you're doing it to go to the gym and count your macros and put your calories in an app. And even if you're not doing that, it's still the same idea. And guys, it's so easy to fall into the trap because the women that are sharing about this are all in ideal bodies. They all have these abs. They all talk about how it healed them. But you know what? They're recovering into these type of bodies and selling this pipe dream, right? Like they're selling this whole idea that you can have your cake and eat it too in recovery. And it's just not true. And and I don't mean to be so passionate about it. And I'm not at all upset with anybody that had this happen. And I'm not trying to be in any way harsh. It's just something that's really hard for me to see because I was that person in quasi recovery doing this. And it kept me from full recovery for a long time. And I used this excuse even after I, you know, recomped and got to this place that I wanted to be and like was supposed to have all this food freedom that then I had to work out for my mental health, you know, and I couldn't take more rest days because my mental health just relied on this. But this is also not normal. You know, we don't need to have exercise as this much of a coping mechanism. It's not good for us to rely on any one thing this much. On my program, I always say to everybody, think about all of your coping mechanisms, right? So I'm personally going to list a few. This does not need to be the ones that work for you, but I like to meditate. I like to journal. I like to be outside, like literally just be outside. Doesn't even need to be walked, just be outside and in the sun. And I ask myself, Would I be as upset to take a week off of meditating and have the same reaction to that as I would taking a week off of exercise? And if not, why? Because we know that mindfulness and other self-care activities are just as beneficial to us and sometimes even more beneficial to us than exercise. So if there's not the same comfort level with those two things, then why is that? 
is control wrapped up in there? Is fear of weight gain wrapped up in there? Is fear of not being strong wrapped up in there? Because even a reliance on being strong, not a desire, not not something that you like, but a reliance on having to be strong and having to have your body feel strong at all times is still a way that we're clinging on to our body to help us to define our worth. And that was one of the hardest things for me to learn. It's still hard for me. And I truly believe that these injuries that I'm dealing with in my knees have helped me to remember this even more every single time. And it was truly this gift, even though I had recovered, to remind myself that this has nothing to do with your worth. You, you, your personality makes your worth. Your body does not make your worth. Your body is a vehicle to help you feel your best, to help you function your best, but it is not what makes you who you are. And so although I understand the theory of body recomposition and and I get wanting to start lifting weights, I get wanting to change up a lifestyle just because you feel like it may be fun or it may make you feel good. I get all those things. And especially if you're really mindful about it, I don't think that this needs to be something that's paired with these diet changes. I don't think it needs to be what the Spartan website says or anything like that. I think that body recomposition and the strong, nut skinny movement, it's not created out of harm. But I do think that really it just comes down to why are we really doing this? And Is this just like every other time in history where we've changed a societal standard and it's really just a new standard that's not accepting of everybody, but we still are going to follow it thinking that it's better than the one before? Especially just because I want to mention one other thing. That sentence didn't make sense, but just bear with me. Something that I think is the hardest for this, and this isn't even something that I have a lived-in experience with. I have always dealt with a lot of thin privilege, but I just can't even imagine what it would be like for people that do exercise and do move their body and do feel strong in their body, and yet they still don't fit the strong, not skinny movement because people don't think they look the way that you should. That's why I think that this isn't truly a strong, not skinny. There are so many amazing creators that I follow that don't have these six-pack abs and this certain look, and I scroll through their comments, and I honestly feel devastated because of the comments people make about them and their body and just basically what they say to them. And I see them crushing it in the gym, sharing their amazing fitness content that I know is helping so many people, but just because they don't have that look, it's not good enough. And so I think that's the thing with that whole hashtag that's hard for me is it's just, it's not truly that it's about strong, not skinny. It's that now strong is the body type, but still everybody else that doesn't look one of these ways is not accepted. So I know that this was a lot of different pieces. I know there were a lot of different pieces in this episode is what I'm trying to say. 
And it's hard to rate something like this because we kind of talked about two different topics in one. But I think people are going to be surprised because I gave it a pretty high rating of seven. Now, if you're just wanting to get into weight lifting because you think it's going to make you feel good, go for it. Not saying anything negative about that. But I do think you have to be careful if you're doing it for the purpose of body recomposition and especially careful if you're going for this idea of strong, not skinny and even more careful and honestly maybe would not even do unless working with a very specific professional that knows how to do these things if you are doing this in order to recover. Please do not work with those accounts that sell the stream. I promise you it does not work and it will not be worth it in the end. I hope that this episode was helpful. The tips that I would have for you with this are really just, I mean, I don't even know if the tips are helpful because the tips would really be to not (laughs) do these things, to just focus on what makes you feel your best instead of trying to do something to follow a specific trend or a specific body that you need to achieve. So I don't know if that's the best tip, but I'm really curious what your rating for this would be. I think that there's going to be a lot of different thoughts on this, and there were even a lot of different thoughts in my question box. So I really hope that you enjoyed, and I really appreciate you for listening and being here every single week. It means the absolute world to me, and I really look forward to having you back here next week on Thursday. If you ever have any episode suggestions or things you want to see, definitely let me know. Shoot into my DMs. Why do I say that? Slide into my DMs. Seems a little weird though. Send me a DM, maybe more normal. And I would absolutely love if you rated and reviewed the podcast. It means the world to me. And yeah, I think that's it. I will see you guys next back here next week. <laughs>